Hey everyone, my name is Carly and welcome to another episode of Cultivate with Carly where I just share kind of what God has been teaching me and if you've listened to the other Cultivate with Carly, I talk a lot about why it's called Cultivate with Carly and it really is because to cultivate is to stir up, it's to prepare something for something else to grow. Just a spiritual way for me to cultivate my time with God, to stir up my time, to pull up things, to prepare my heart for my time with God, and to walk with the Lord more. So this week's scripture comes from John 6 and there's no specific verse because it's really the whole chapter. You may or may not know it but it's the story when Jesus feeds the 5,000 and I think what is so interesting is I've read this story a hundred times probably. You probably know it because it's something that is like what? Who? Who fed who with what? Like he fed people, 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. You've probably read it, but what's so incredible about the Bible, I believe, is that God reveals to us things that we didn't see last time. And so reading stories over and over, it's not so we can memorize them and know them, but I feel like he's revealed so many different ways to look at this story. I think I could read it every day and probably learn something new, see something new in it. And that's totally God's sovereignty. That's totally God's way of sanctifying us is that there's always something new to learn and there's always a brighter, bigger way to see who God is, even in a story that we've read a hundred times. So I just want to jump in and begin with looking at the beginning. So in verse two, Jesus sees a great crowd of people that they followed him because they saw the signs that he performed. And so there's this huge crowd that comes. They know about him. They've heard about him. They've heard what he's been doing. This big crowd is coming for a hot meal and some entertainment, right? Dinner and a show. And the dinner is about to begin because Jesus has been followed and he looks up, he sees this great crowd and he looks at Philip, one of the disciples, and says in verse 5, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Scripture says that he asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And he was asking if Philip knew who to trust for that. You go down to verse 9 and that's where a young boy, he comes with five loaves of bread and two small fish. And sure enough, Jesus turns those small five loaves and two small fish into a meal for 5,000 people. In verse 14, it says, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who's come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come to make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So, he went away because he knew that they came for the wrong reasons. He knew that they were going to make him king when, well, one, he was already king. He already is king. But two, because they just wanted someone who was powerful in position and that he could provide for them physically. So he left. He, he disappeared. And so we go on down to verse 25, John 6, 25, and it says, When they found him on the other side, so of course all these people, they were looking for him. When he's found, they ask him, when did you get here? And he says, very truly I tell you, this is crazy. He says, very truly I tell you, in verse 26, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So he's like, I know why you came. It's not for me. So that's why he had to disappear because they missed the point. So he goes on to say, do not work for the food that spoils, 
but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. But he tells them that they're looking for the wrong thing, that they missed what really satisfies them. And it's not some bread and some fish that probably tasted off the chain. They came looking for the wrong thing. And yes, they were physically filled, but I bet they left empty. Are they left with an empty tank that can only be filled by one thing, and that's by Jesus? They left empty and thought that they were full because they were physically full. But God says, Jesus says that down below, actually going a little farther, that he's the bread of life, that he's the one that satisfies more than a hot meal. Jesus is trying to point them to something else. In verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So he's saying, I fed you. I physically filled your stomach. But that's not the reason I'm here. It's to point you to something greater. And so we see now the crowd that was 5,000 now has dwindled down. It's dwindling down because people, they came, they got food, they had a full belly, and they left because that's all they wanted. Well, now Jesus is like, I'm the bread of life. I'm the one who truly satisfies. And in me, you won't go hungry or you won't thirst. Sure enough, people begin to grumble and like they actually begin to complain and they began to ask, wait, isn't this the dude whose mom and dad we know? No, no, no. We know where he comes from. He can't be who he says he is. And they didn't believe him. And so he explains more that he's the one that gives true satisfaction and that he's the bread of life. He satisfies and that from following him, everything else flows. And so then it goes on in verse 60 says, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? So right there, they question it right there. They're like, this is really difficult. I don't know if I can accept what he's saying. And it's like, because their selfish ambition and their selfish pride is blinding their spiritual need. I mean, when I'm hungry, I get hangry. And so, of course, I would look at my physical needs greater because they seem to be louder. If you go down to verse 66, it says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So, we started with a huge crowd of so many that came for selfish reasons. And once the real reason, the true reason was revealed, many left because they didn't understand. This huge crowd went to 12 and he looked around who was around him and you're not gonna believe what he says. He looks around him and he says in verse 67, you do not wanna leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. And Simon Peter in verse 68 says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And even then, if we look at who the 12 were, we know one of them does not believe who he says he is and betrays him. And honestly, it reminds me of a show I recently watched called uh, Love is Blind. And hopefully I'm not going to 
spoil anything for you, listener, but in the show, there are however many people, I don't know how many people they start with, but they start with this huge group that then dwindles down to about five couples. People date each other through a wall. They don't see each other. So it's, you you can't see this person you're dating. You just get to know them on an emotional level. But if we look at this Jesus story real quick, what did the people want? from Jesus. They just wanted physical needs met before emotional. They missed what was important. They missed the spiritual aspect. So in this show, like it's already somewhat pointing to Jesus. So well, you start with this large group and it dwindles down to five couples and spoiler alert, you know, you may want to skip a couple seconds. Not all of them stay together because what happens at the end is that the couples decide whether to get married or not and only two couples out of five stay together and this goes with John 6 so well because it starts with this big group but when the reality of commitment comes when the reality of sacrifice comes people don't want it they don't want to commit to someone that they see flaws in and when it does come down to it Jesus is asking Asking them, do you believe that I have the words of life? And a lot of them say no and walk away. And so we're seeing people in the story and on Love is Blind that want and desire what they believe will satisfy them. But what's in front of them isn't good enough. So maybe some people on Love is Blind came in with the wrong perspective that oh, I'm just going to find my spouse and it's going to be easy. I'm going to find someone who loves me, but didn't take into account that it is sacrifice. It is commitment. And even though I can look at the show and kind of laugh, I also see a bigger picture of the way that God loves us. Jesus still looks at all of us and he chooses us over and over and over again, whether we choose him or not, whether we say yes to him or not, whether we believe him or not. Whether we trust him or not, God still chooses us and he still loves us. He still chooses me. He still loves me even when I don't understand, even when I can't comprehend what he's trying to teach me or I can't understand what season he has me in. He still loves me and cares for me and he still walks with me. And so in the story, some came for a free meal. Some came with friends to see who this Jesus joker was. And some left physically full, but returned to empty homes. They returned to broken families. And some came hungry and never left. And I pray that if you're listening, that that's you, that you came hungry, you came to see who Jesus was, but you never left because he had more than you ever expected he would have that he has the words of life. And it's not an easy journey. It's not an easy yes. Actually gets harder, I believe, with time. But God's core desire remains that he spiritually comforts us and satisfies us in times of sorrow and of sadness. And he still loves us even when things get really rough. And he just asks that we believe him. So I hope that this encouraged you in some way today to walk with the Lord and to know that he satisfies and to know that any needs that you believe he can meet, he will. But we have to take that step into trusting that he has those words of life. Tune in next time for more Before Dawn. And I'm Carly Dawn, and this is Cultivate with Carly.